You're listening to Make It Happen, a podcast for curious, big-hearted, purpose-driven creatives. I'm your host, Jen Carrington, and this is episode number six. Welcome to the show everyone. I am so excited to be sharing today's episode with you. We have a returning guest from season one, Asia Crozen, and we're also joined by her business partner over the Space to Face podcast and her close friend Paige Poppy. And we have a really, really awesome conversation about creative friendships, marketing yourself as a visual creative, and our thoughts on trusting the journey as creative business owners too. Asia and I have worked together for almost a year now and I feel super lucky to call her a close friend too. And Paige is someone I've connected with throughout the past year too, so I am so excited to have them on the show today and this is definitely one of my favourite episodes of the show so far. This is also a part two episode as we recorded an episode together for their podcast too, which you can find a link to in the show notes. Let's jump into the episode as I think you're really going to enjoy this one. Hi, Adrian Page. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hi. Thank you for having us. We're so happy to be here. (laughs) Some of you may remember Asia from season one, familiar voice, but Paige is joining us for the first time today, which is really exciting. Do you two kind of want to tell everyone who you are, what you do? If they don't know you, I'm sure they probably know you already, but yeah, fill them in about who you are and what you do. Go ahead, Paige. Take it away. Okay. Thank you. So I will say Asia and I are both on this episode today because we are biz partners and we have a podcast of our own called Space to Face. Um, and we talk about blending online and local business because we really felt that we were having strengths in both areas. We wanted to share this with people because um, our listeners tend to have a strength in one area. So that's why we're here together. Um, we're also real life friends. We met while I was going to architecture school in California. But, um, as for me, I am an Arizona native and I live here now and I'm an artist. So it's actually funny. I was doing an interview yesterday and like the work I do is kind of across the board, but I basically sell prints and original paintings of my work and I do commission paintings for clients And I also just love anything analog, like hand-painted, handmade. So I do offer logos and branding elements for my clients as well because I love working with other business owners. And um, I really like the organic feel that comes out of it. But yeah, I feel like I could like say more things I do. Like I also like paint on walls, like do murals. Yeah, so that's kind of a a facer thing, which is what we call our local things. So if you're doing something face-to-face, we call it being a facer. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of something that I do locally. And I'm sure we'll talk about it in the episode, but just kind of like building these in-person relationships leads to really cool opportunities, such as doing these larger scale paintings. So yeah, that's what I do. And we love it because... We talk about this on our packs a lot, but because Paige is an artist, she can sell like her prints only online, but she has like such a, like a local, so like a facer presence, which we think is so important. And so it's so amazing that she gets those opportunities to do that. And I know that other artists are like, how do we make this happen? And we know that like the key is being a facer. So, um, I'm a photographer. And so my business like at its core is being a facer because I can't do anything just specifically online. You know, I can't take pictures like with a webcam, although I think that there is some famous photographer who does like FaceTime pictures and like did it with Kim Kardashian and it was like a cover of a magazine. Yes, it was. I've seen that. 
Yeah, which is really cool, but that's stretching it a little bit. We're we're also known to talk about the Kardashians like more than we should on our podcast. Jen, do you watch the Kardashians? No, like when I was at uni, I lived with girls who like love the Kardashians, and I wanted to fit in and like the Kardashians, but no, like I I just love you, like know my love for Law and Order, like that's my kind of TV. Okay, we get that. I mean, like, you, yes, the people who, like, are really anti-Kardashian, like, I get it. But, like, there's part of me where I'm like, this is just so fun to watch. It's so fun to watch. And they're great. We we use them as an example on the podcast all the time. They're such great business people. Like, they really are. So, I mean, we have lots of lessons to learn from them. I don't even know how they came up right now. Oh, because it's <laughs> More so about you. Day, Continue. <laughs> um, so, my business is primarily local, but I love having an online presence. So, we like to encourage people to blend both the online and offline because we feel like it really brings like a fulfillment to our business that one side couldn't bring if that's like the only thing that you did um i'm in california i'm in san luis obispo it's in the center of california and i love it so much and i also have an online magazine called slow what and slow is what we call san luis obispo and i've been coaching with jen for almost a year now so that's really cool so that's the first time i got on the podcast but yeah so i'm so excited this is my second time on the podcast it's so great and jen was on our podcast last week so you guys can totally check that out so cool yeah, we we kind of thought of it as like a crossover episode, like when Laura and Order do it with Chicago PD. So <laughs> we have first, the first one is over on Space to Face, second one is over here. The reason I'm super excited to have you guys on the show is because something I never speak about because like you know how much of an introvert I am and how much I just like to stay inside. And like, so something that you two guys do is talk about being a facer, which has never been spoken about on this show before because it's all about online business. So I'm super excited to dig into that for people listening because I highly, even I am realizing that staying in my house all the time is not healthy. It's not productive. I'm working from the coffee shop twice this week, Asia, with new <gasps> friends. Are you proud of me? I'm wow. So proud. We're proud. Oh my <laughs> so happy but yeah you should be proud see I'm, I'm seeing I see from Asia like I remember when so when we and Asia first started working together she was friends with Paige who's on this episode now but Paige, Asia has another friend called Paige 2.0 who, <laughs> who I now also work with but I swear you and Paige became friends like you literally liked the look of her and went and spoke to her in Starbucks right at Starbucks, yeah. Like she actually, she was eavesdropping because we were talking about like meal planning, and she's such an, you know, she's such a great blogger, and she was literally making a blog post that day about meal planning, and so she was really being more of like a outreach facer, and she was like, wait, hey, I actually blog about that, like blah blah blah, you know, like what are you guys up to? Because she's like our age, and just because we were simply at a coffee shop and she was also there, and we talk about that on our episode with her because I didn't know that she like never went to the coffee shop, but she happened to be awake early because her friend's car alarm was going off, and like all of these things in the universe just happened to happen so that we could meet up at this coffee shop um and now we when she's in town we get together every day so it's so amazing like the page i talk about this page poppy on the show um talk about all the time like how important it is to have someone else and when you're at home by yourself you probably don't have someone else there with you and if you do it's like hey you want to come over to my house and we can work and that's a little different but just like meeting someone having that accountability and having like the back and forth with someone it's just literally game changing like Paige and I talk about this all the time. Like our businesses changed so much when we decided to meet up together every morning. It was great. I know you have a whole episode on the importance of creative friendships. Yes. But I'd like, and I've seen how much like with Asia, like how much, I don't think we ever have a coaching call without you talking about like how you had a conversation with like page one or page two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, so like, and, and how much they just like change 
like your approach to business and like how you feel in your business like it's like a huge part of the well-being of being in business which is funny that I say this because I wouldn't say that I'm someone in my real life with a load of creative friends like creative small business friends if that makes sense oh my god I sound like such a loser but I have friends I promise (laughs) we talked about this on on the episode with us is that like you have Alex and like even though like like although he may not be like a business owner is creative in his own ways he helps you with the podcast and that kind of thing and so you have like a creative community around you who support of your business and that's just as important you don't have to like go out and re- meet some random people and be like now we're biz besties you know you kind of already have that crew around you which is cool and I think that's totally fine too like I was thinking about it and I would kind of consider like Jen like step one of facer me step two of facer and then you like step three and it, it's because we all have different varying levels of introvert and extrovert so like asia is extremely outgoing and mm-hmm. you know meets with someone every day but i've talked about this before like for my creative process uh i need like larger gaps of time to like have that inspiration build or like be by myself and like go out into nature and experience it or like go be active so yeah um like yes I have multiple like coffee dates each week or like I'll meet with clients in person but like I have yet to build it as like an every single daily routine right so you know like but it also I mean, is like your business like our businesses are also at different varying levels of you know needing a face or space or thing and mine has to be over the edge of facer but yours doesn't but you have chosen to blend in that facer component which has made it so amazing and then genuine as well like your business is an online only business and so but you are choosing to bring a face report I can't not have a facer component I would have no business and so that's why that's kind of where the degrees come in as well as personality so like we're so lucky to have the um the careers or the jobs or whatever that like are suiting suitable to our levels of comfortability with being a facer. Oh, definitely. And then like, Mm -hmm. um, as I said, like we always encourage people to like find their own level of spacerness like go into what you feel comfortable with. But one rule of thumb I've made for myself is like, if I have the opportunity to meet someone in person, I take it. So Mm -hmm. like, Mm-hmm. Um, so like, for example, like if I'm designing a logo for someone and I find out that they live in the Valley, I'm like, well, let's do our first, let's get off yeah. of Skype. Let's do our first meeting in person. And also it's like, you think maybe like, it's difficult to like jump into that and get out of your comfort zone and meet someone in person. It's very vulnerable, but like, in my experience, it really lends itself to the creative process. Like I can sketch with them right in person. Uh-huh. And like, for all, for all I know, like I'm probably saving like two hours of time back and forth, back sending, and forth. Them, yeah. Yeah, sending them photos over email, like sending them sketches, ideas. And like, if we can just hash all that out in the beginning and also like humanize each other, then it's awesome. Yeah. And it's so funny that you guys said that because so the only client I've ever done like in-person meetings with, because she happens to be in the same area is, so she was one of my clients I worked with like really quite in the beginning of my business but now I would say we're really good friends and we're actually collaborating on an upcoming project together but because we worked in person because we met in person and we had meetings in person and you just kind of build that bond like you know you feel that person in front of you we became like really good friends and now we're working on like things together so I totally and before her if you had told me that I'd have meetings with someone in person I would have like cried and said not a chance in hell but now it's like (laughs) if if anyone else was in like the Manchester area and hired me I'd love to do that because like I love but I'm totally like Paige like I need extended periods of time by myself like even away from Alex the poor guy when I'm like leave me alone go away like I love him being and you're totally right like when you're when you're like better of a half is a creative and Alex is a part-time freelancer too so he's here kind of working by himself it's like you don't feel alone and like my best friend lives down the hall and she's a creative but she like isn't a freelancer like she likes a creative in an office if that makes sense 
so I so I have like it's like sometimes you can think like oh well because my creative business because my creative circle doesn't look like Asia's therefore I don't have one but if you look at it it's like I do have one that really fulfills me and just like you Paige like it's it's not comparing it to what Asia's looks like or insert person's yeah. name looks like totally oh, and I think not that's at all. so great to have you on the show and talking about that because although I like I consider myself someone who can take the perspective of others sometimes it's hard to get out of the like you're probably outgoing and you're probably blonde. It's like, you, I wouldn't ever want to like push someone in a way that would make them uncomfortable. Not uncomfortable because I think getting out of your comfort zone is really important, but not so but so uncomfortable that they, would, they wouldn't be able to function. So if I was like, Jen, you have to do everything I do, like that wouldn't be productive like at all for you. So it's so great that like, there, there are though definitely ways to get out and like meet people, et cetera, that don't, yeah, don't look like what I do, um, but that are still like fulfilling that that I'm trying to make everybody feel, um, or not I'm trying to, but that we are encouraging on the podcast, um, cause it's so, so important, but you do have it, which is so amazing. And I think other people not only like finding it and building it, but maybe realizing and taking advantage of the people that you have taking advantage does not sound right, <laughs> but like utilizing the people that you already have in your life that are, that are fulfilling that role. And we talk about this, sorry, Paige, you look like you want to talk and I'm just continuously rambling. No, say, so- I like the word utilize because when Asia and I first started like meeting up every day when I lived in California still, we were like, mm-hmm. we need to use each other and it was yeah. not like we it was not weird in any way we just realized that like this person like we we ourselves had energy that this person could feed off of and like mutually yes. be beneficial yes and we talk about in um in our episode the importance of creative friendships that there is like a difference like there is a step one and like finding it and getting yourself out there and seeing like how to find that person and then also how to um what is the word? Cultivate that friendship. Because like Paige and I could have met and be like, oh my gosh, she was really cool. Okay, like see you never. You know, so there is like another step to take and you guys may have already found the person and then now it's like, okay, now we need to put like almost unnatural effort into building that friendship in a way that that would lend toward being like a biz bestie, which is kind of what we call it. So yeah, that's, I think that's also like what we were saying then, um, like you would never encourage someone to like do something outside their comfort zone. I think meaningful friendship in itself is being vulnerable like when you put yourself out there with someone and you're literally saying like hey I want to be your friend you want to be my friend too and then building that relationship giving them the time and like getting like that deeper bond between you it's all vulnerability and it's all kind of putting yourself out there with someone whether you're an introvert or an extrovert it doesn't really change like you're still putting yourself out there yeah I remember with page 2.0 when we first met up she at first was like we can meet like maybe Mondays and like maybe Fridays because she has like a pretty strict schedule with her sessions because she's a health coach and then I remember being like bummed about that because Paige Poppy and I met like every day and I was like okay so she's gonna kind of be like a like a arm's length friend you know and then after our first session um Paige 2.0 was like so I could like meet tomorrow and like the next day too and like the next day too and I just remember like I'm sure that was like a little vulnerable for her because for me if I was like hey do you want to meet me every day in the morning at eight o'clock you know like that would be like whoa lady (laughs) like just calm down. Well, for the yeah. record, too, I, I know I just said I need, like, the creative process chunk time. But, Asia, if we live in the same place, I would still meet up with you every day. Thank you. That means a lot to me. But it does take, like, a little bit of vulnerability, too, especially if you're just trying to build that friendship. Let's say if you're friends with somebody for, like, a million years already, it's easy to be like, hey, meet up with me every day, Kate, thanks. But if you're just starting a friendship, it is kind of, like, it feels a little like you're asking someone out on a date when you're like, hey, do you want to meet with me every day and be my accountability partner? Thank you. It feels kind of yeah. weird. Because they could be like, no, I can't do that. I have other important things to do. Um, that's never happened to me. No one's ever rejected me. Thank God. Because I would be so sad. But that's a, that's like a vulnerability thing for sure. You feel like 
I hope you want to meet up with me. I hope you think I'm cool and that I'm contributing to your business and to your mindset and to your life the way that you are to me. That's also like really important with it. Like if I felt like Paige was just like consulting me and like business coaching me the whole time we got together, I would feel really weird about being like, hey, let's meet every day so you can help me every day. It's definitely a totally a two-way street. I feel like friendships take as much work as relationships. Mm-hmm. Like what have you two learned? Because you two have cultivated such like strong like utilized creative friendships like what do you think is key to like making that work and like to cultivating a healthy creative friendship I would say one thing is maybe like that there isn't one person always on the side like asking to hang out or meet up which I know I can be guilty of because I get like busy or like I'm kind of forgetful I'm realizing so like I feel really bad if like there's one person who's uh continually asking me and it's like it's nothing like personal it's like I'm really forgetful and I I will say another real life thing that fits into this is like for example I don't always love um planning too much stuff for myself in the evenings because my boyfriend goes to school and works all day in the daytime and then like his free time is at night so Mm Uh, sometimes it can be hard for me to like make plans and then I'm like okay well that might be the one day that Jake doesn't have to study and then I'm not gonna be free either and so it's frustrating but um, back to the question definitely like keeping it two-sided and like I don't know just like communicating with the person and tell them like hey I'm really benefiting from this and like I hope you are too you know because Asia and I both know there is nothing more frustrating than like when you meet up with someone and like they're just trying to use you and like oh, dig information gosh. out of you. Yes. Like we've both had experiences like this. Um, not recently, but like in, in the, the last year or so scheme of things. Yeah. So I think like, yeah, just kind of like overall, you know, giving back what you're getting. Totally. And I think a big way that we do that, that I've noticed is like, I will take time, not necessarily intentionally like, Oh, I should check in on Paige's business. But like, I will make sure that I'm keeping up with what Paige is doing so that I can be like, Hey, I saw that thing you're doing and it's really cool. Or like, Hey, how are you feeling about blah, blah, blah. Or just like continuously like making the effort to check in on them. And so that like, this probably doesn't happen, but like maybe Paige would be like, Hmm, like I would really love to talk about my stuff, but Asia keeps talking about her stuff. So giving the other person an opportunity to talk about their stuff and then as well as being like, Hey, I'm checking in on you. I'm paying attention to what you're doing, like without what you're asking me, you know, to, because then it opens up conversation for her to be like, you know, I haven't really thought about that. Like, let's, you know, let me figure that out kind of thing. Um, and I'm sure there's been times when Paige has been like, Hey, like, do you need help with blah, blah, blah. I know that you're trying to like get this competition off the ground. Like, do you need a graphic for it or something? I completely agree with that. And I also feel like more and more over time, I realize that like my feed reader, for example, for a blog or like the Instagram accounts that I'm going to not just scroll through, but I'm going to type in their username and go see what they're up to. More and more, it is people I have met personally, built friendships with, or maybe I've, you know, maybe they're like a big time person, but I feel really connected to them because they're like creating video content or like being on Snapchat or something. And like more and more, like even if there's people out there who might be the best at what they do with the best photos and they're like, they're there like posting regularly, I'm way more likely to go like check in on what my friend's business is doing. So like, it just kind of like feeds its way out over time, which Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't plan to talk to say this either, but it's another argument for like building more relationships because people are going to want to like check in on their friends. So like over time I care less about, you know, the 200,000 readership blog and I care more about like what my friend is doing and like their wins. Yeah. And I think, sorry that we keep rambling about this. We feel very passionate about this, obviously. (laughs) But another thing is that you have to like really believe in what the other person is doing. And that's like such like a prerequisite to like having a, 
a creative friendship that like can thrive. Like if I didn't like Paige's art or I didn't like the way that she connected with clients or whatever, or with like Paige 2.0, if I didn't believe in her health coaching thing, it'd be really difficult for me to like basically like fake my support or fake like my excitement for her. So it's really important that like what they're doing, you don't think is stupid or wrong or like unimportant. Um, and that can either happen because you're such good friends with the person that you like love what they're doing no matter what it is or that you like first connected with what they do um, before you connected with them as a person. So, but that's like super important because if I didn't like love what Paige was doing, I wouldn't be able to be like, this is so exciting. I can't wait to tell everybody, you know? Um, and that's just not a sustainable point of friendship. So. Yeah. I think it's like, just like that baseline of like actively supporting yes. your friend's creative work. And I think like, maybe that's where I feel like, oh, I wish I had more of that because the creative people mm-hmm. in my life are not doing what I do so yeah. like it would be awesome to like this is like a therapy episode of like Asia and Paige help me deal with my introverted problems <laughs> but like no but like from like the other side of someone who's like still um who like lives a bit more like an introverted lifestyle if that makes sense it's definitely I feel like it would be awesome to have more people to talk to who got what I did every day and really believe in what I do so they could not just support me but even like constructively help me with my business because creating too much I think that's the big most important thing with having creative friendships is if you do it too much in your own little bubble you're kind of limiting like how much you can grow and I think you need friends who support you but you also need friends who like lovingly challenge you so that they give you room to grow as a person yes and also not just responding to what you're saying but coming up with things all on their own like contributing in ways that's not just like hey what do you think about my blog post and they'll be like it's really good maybe you could change this sense but being like hey I feel like you could write a blog post about this and that's something that like that's when you know it's like next level like base creative friendship and so important and I also think that like because because you're my coach Jen and I think about this a lot having a coach is so huge especially if you don't have creative friends like if if I didn't have a creative friendship like I would be like okay so Jen how do we figure out that I could double book you like like can I meet with you three times a week that would be really great um because kind of like creative friendships fulfill that role of like a little bit of coaching sessions you know um so I think that having like a coach is so important for everybody I think everyone should be able to have something like that yeah yeah And I was going to say, too, what Jen was saying about, like, you're really limiting yourself if you don't have these people to talk to. Like, I feel really, like, good and excited that at this point, like, if I ever was like, hmm, what camera should I buy for, like, this occasion? I feel really Mm -hmm. good that, like, I could recommend options to my friends or, like, my friends could recommend options for me. Or, like, if I had no idea how the hell to, like, host a webinar or, like, anything. Like, it's just... Just knowledge. Just so much knowledge. Knowledge is awesome. And, I mean, there... I I really believe in a lot of like paid services, but like if you can have like a friend give you advice and be like, oh yeah, let me show you my camera rather than having to like um, purchase a tutorial like from a stranger, like that's really awesome. And like basically just like, I don't know, cultivating that has like really great results and like who wouldn't want to like just hang out and have their friend tell them like, this is what you do, you know? Exactly. So I have two examples of this. So Page 2.0 has has an e-course called Finally Free Program, and I really want to do, like, a business e-course. And so I, like, we have planned to sit down and maybe, like, show me what your e-course looks like because I really want to do one similar. And it would be really hard to reach out to somebody I didn't know be like, hey, you have this course. Can you help me make one for me? Okay, thanks. And then I have another friend who's a videographer, and he actually um, filmed my commercial video that I made last summer. And he came over. This is a really good example of someone who's just, like, who loves what you do so much they want to contribute. He was like, hey, are you in the office? And I was like, yeah. And he just swung by. I thought he was just going to come to say hi or something. 
something. And he's like, where's your camera? Let me show you all these different settings for video. Here's how to do these things. Like, let's practice focusing on me for like a 30 minute crash course. And he was just like, let me reach out and help you. And that was so amazing. And like, so amazing to have those friendships. Because otherwise, first of all, I would have had no idea I even needed help with those things. Or I would have had to spend an ungodly amount of time online trying to figure it out. So it's just so great that you can have somebody who knows you, knows how you work and can contribute so much knowledge to you. Yeah. And it's so interesting because when I look at you, Asia, like, I, like so a, me and Asia have worked together for a really long time and we, and, and we're going to, and she's, I think she's great. Well, not crazy, but we're working together for even the rest of 2016. And when yeah. Asia was like, she, Asia was like, Jen, I need you. I need to hire you for the rest of the year. And I was like, okay, cool. Awesome. But I, look, sure I said like the rest of my life, but yeah. we <laughs> limited it to 2016. <laughs> and then but I look at Asia and you thrive so much in your work. And I've always put it down to you being like, like you're such like a confident like go-getter but I also I feel like it's like a duh moment here but like you're creating friendships and having like like a you surround yourself with really awesome people and then b you invest in me being myself with really awesome people to help you as well yeah is, like you're incredible but by surrounding yourself by incredible people who really care about you and really believe in your work it's like 10x Asia does that make sense? Totally. Yeah, yeah she's absolutely. so funny. Like, she's like, oh, I'm gonna make this magazine. And then like, you know, the first the first issue is like super overwhelming. I believe it was like 17 hours of Photoshop work that she worked ever, on it literally. forever. And so like step one was I was like, you need to le- learn InDesign. And then I was like, step two, or I don't think I told you this, but she was like, okay, step two for me is also outsourcing. And like next issue, Asia has like this team of people built who are like really excited to help that her. And like in mm-hmm. turn, she's like sharing everything she can about her business with like college students totally. and like mentorship stuff. So she's really good yeah. at just like, let's fix this problem. But like with my friends and like make it an all around mm-hmm. fun experience for everyone. Totally. And I have so many things to say about this because I just realized these things. So um, I'm being interviewed for a profile um, for someone's like project in a class or something, which is really cool. So she's asked me like everything about my life and about my business. And she was like, I always get asked like, how do you do it all? And I always have like such great answers to it. And I have like a bazillion. I want to make a blog post. I'm like, here's all the ways I do quote unquote, do it all. And one of my answers, two of my answers, one was like, I'm not doing it by myself. Like I soon like, I mean, not only just am I having creative friendships who take the load off of you in so many ways because you don't have to sit there by yourself and be like, okay, what idea would actually work? It's so much more efficient to do that with someone else. Um, And then I'm not coming with all the ideas on my own either. And then I also delegate really well because I love having a group of interns. Um, And then I was saying like, everyone juggles a bunch of different things. Like I was telling to the girl, I was like, you go to, you know, you go to bars and you go to parties and you have lunch with your friends and you go hiking. All of the things that you do like that, I do, but they look like a magazine, look like a podcast. Like these are all things I'm doing with my friends. So like, that's like almost like my social life and I love it. It makes me like very happy and fulfilled. And so like, it looks like I'm doing all these productive things. And then you think behind the scenes, either I don't have a life or I'm also doing everything else. And it's like, how could I fit it all in? It's like everything that I have in my life, you see. And so it was a really interesting perspective for me to realize and how lucky I am to have that so yeah it might look like from an outward perspective like that you work all the time or even me too because like when I watch tv I like do not sit there and watch tv like I edit photos that I've like pre-taken for my Instagram and yeah mm, that's just like my creative nature and I think yours as well where I'm like I'm not like like I don't know what it is like if someone was like hey let's go to the movies and like you can't like work on anything while you're there I wouldn't be like oh shit you know like this is giving me anxiety but but I would prefer like if I'm sitting there doing nothing to be like doing something yeah you know yeah and I do think that there's like some argument both ways of like 
you know, sometimes I feel a little bit overwhelmed. Like, I'm like, okay, I want to reply to, like, everyone who commented on my Instagram. But, like, at a certain point, I'm like, I don't need to be on my phone. I could be, like, spending mm-hmm. time with people. But, like, you and I just, like, pocket it in and, like, sneak it in. And totally. more and more, I feel like we are definitely young. Like, we don't have families. Like, I'm curious to see how that would change in the future. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know we can figure that out with time and that's why like yeah at the point we're at right now we're like we're gonna do everything we can you know yes taking advantage of this time where we don't have things like that for sure i get it yeah even as an introvert like i'm to- i'm with you and it's so interesting like um i don't know if this is an introvert thing or i don't know if this is actually a coach thing i don't know if anyone listening who's also a coach i don't know if page 2.0 could relate to this like because because for you guys your work is so like like creating like 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 mm-hmm. taking pictures or like all those kind of things whereas for me like my work is kind of being on a meeting with someone or creating content yeah. expressing my ideas so for me when I'm watching like eight times out of ten if I'm watching tv or if I'm relaxing for me I'd, I'd like to be completely relaxing because totally. my brain is so like fried whereas so sometimes I love to like put a tv show on in the background that I've already watched while I do mm-hmm. like like tedious tasks yeah, yeah, yeah. But my favorite way to like recover is to go to the movies or to the cinemas, as we call it in the UK. Because that's like, so it's it's so funny, like, because um, to look at you guys who are more like visual creatives, if that makes sense. Yeah. Whereas yeah. I'm like, I don't know how you describe my creativity, but <laughs> but like seeing the different ways that people kind of like nurture that. So that's really interesting. And yeah. I know. Well, like working Sorry, mandatory but- shut off time into your schedule is really important. Like for me, mm-hmm. it's like exercising or like going shopping or like something or you know meals too like putting everything away or like when I hang out with Jake it's like uh we'll work together sometimes but usually it's like let's do nothing time so I think it's important Mm -hmm. to work that in but what you were saying about the um like shut off time for you and then like maybe Asia and I are a little bit more like actively always like at least doing something or like making making more plans I think also it's just the nature of the work like Mm -hmm. Like, writing a blog post would be, like, very, like, you know, like, writing a blog post or, like, editing a video would be, like, very taxing, like, in a way. Not, like, not like I'm dying, but you know what I mean? It's more mm-hmm. of a process. Like, I wouldn't want to edit, like, five videos. I want to do one and then stop. Yeah. Um, and, like, painting, something like that is a little bit more mindless. So, like, I don't know. There's all these studies yeah. of, like, where the way your mind, like, wanders off when you're making totally. art. But, like, <clears throat> one example I will give is, like, if I'm painting a commission, like I don't, I don't want to be like z- tuned into anything, and I really need to focus on that. Yeah. So, like if I go on like the Periscope app, for example, like I would never go on that app while I was working on a commission because I need to focus on it. But if it's just like la di da, let me like make some things. Right. It's more. Right. It's more mindless. So mm-hmm. I think that we all probably have different levels of that in our work. But if I was like you and I had to write every day, I would also really need to shut off because that would yeah. be so mentally draining for me. You'd be like all the way on and all the way off. John was telling me yesterday, he's like, you're so much better at doing nothing than I am. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I suck at doing nothing. He's like, yeah, you do. But I realized that like what he was saying was that I'm so much better at it when I have like a limited time. I'm like, okay, so we have now scheduled every day for two hours. We are going to hang out. And so whatever that it means is fine. Like, I'm not going to be working. Like we can go to like lunch or we can take a nap or we can just like do whatever together. And I feel great about that when it's like, I know that I'm going back to work at two. 
But like, if we go to his house at night and we're just sitting there, I have so much anxiety because I'm like, oh my God, like, are we going to sit here all night? Like, what, you know, but the two hours, like having like a designated time does feel almost like a check in the box. Like, cool. Like I did it and it, it feels productive because I know it's so good for you to have that downtime, but I can't do it if I'm just like, when is this going to be over? Like I'm not doing anything. You know, I hate that so much. Um, but it is, it's so important to have that shut off time. Like you're talking about Jen, it makes so much sense. That's so funny as well. Like that process that you just described is literally what I'm like. Like I feel like my biggest problem in life right now is that I don't know what to do with nothing time. And it's actually causing me like so much, like not like anxiety. Like I'll sit there with Alex. Like I, my rule is that I don't work on Sundays. Like that's just kind of a boundary that I've put in my schedule because I wasn't taking time off as Asia probably knew during my epic burnout of November 2015. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but Alex sometimes works on Sundays. So he, I told you, that, I told this story in Asia and Paige's podcast episode but he came home one Sunday and I was like in tears like having this dramatic breakdown of like I'm not meant to work all day but I didn't know what to do so I've just stared at my inbox and I've got myself really stressed out so it's so funny like me and Asia are possibly like worlds apart in terms of like personality and everything but I'm the same as you like I, I read a post today on this website called Soul Anatomy which I really like which is about there's a fine line between self-care and self-indulgence so like self-care is doing what you need to do for like 20 minutes to take care of yourself but watching Netflix for six hours is just indulgence like that's not helping you ever in your life whereas like so I'm so I'm with you like if I feel like time's wasted I get really really antsy yes but I need like little pockets of time when my head is just well I need to sleep really I need totally. to Totally. You do. Yeah, I agree. And I think that um, another thing that I do like to make, I feel like now we're going into how to relax when you're like an overproductive creative. <laughs> That's what this episode could be titled. Um, but it's too like, I definitely, I have a lot of social time scheduled because I know that if I'm not doing social stuff or I'm not doing something that forces me to be away from my work, I'll just keep working. So like if there's nights where like I don't have anything to do, I either go to sleep or I just stay at the office. And so I make sure that like I, I like three or four days a week. I have something like on Tuesdays, I go to tacos with my friends on Thursdays. We do this. Like we go to farmer's market on Wednesdays. I watch shows so that I know there's a set time where I'm like relaxing or shutting off or whatever. Just like I was saying with John, we have the 12 to two thing so that when I am working, I'm not like, Oh my God, I'm just driving myself into burnout. And then I have something to do with my time when I'm not working. Otherwise I'm like, okay, so what do I do now? <laughs> I would be totally the same way. So scheduling things to do would be like, okay, from 12 to two, I am going to like take a walk or whatever. So I think that's really helpful. I saw an article pop up on Facebook recently and I actually didn't click it and I regret it, but it was something like why our generation is so uh, into self-care. I or saw not- that. Yeah, yeah. Did you see that too? I didn't read it. Self-help, that's what I'm trying to yeah. say. We're so like, I- obsessed with self-development. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I was trying to, like I've actually tried to think about it, but <clears throat> I-, I didn't read the article, of course, but that would be really interesting to pursue too because a lot of people are like that or even more so if I have, like, friends who are less motivated, like, all of a sudden I'll see them, like, really trying to put in work at the gym or, like, mm-hmm. you know, people, like, starting their own side business. And I don't know if it's, like, the power of the internet or, like, I, I was trying to think if maybe it's because we're the first, like, not, like, post-war generation, like, where, like, the military really affects us, you know, because, like, even the 60s yeah. was, like, baby boomer, like, new suburbia thing. I don't know what it is. Right. Actually, that's really funny you say that because my my world was so heavily affected by that because I'm from a military town. So, like, our world Maybe was not. really, really quiet. Yeah. 
Um, but that's so interesting. I actually just pulled up the um, the article, and obviously I'm not going to read it, but I just want to share with you the the quote that popped up before. Because if you go to Forbes, they always have like a quote first, and then you have to continue to cite. And the quote of the day is, "You become the company you keep, so choose the relationships you want to nurture wisely." I'm like, is that not exactly what we were just talking about? How ideal. Okay, so something we really, I mean, we're, we're totally pushing the crossover episode here, but something we really spoke about in our part one on Space to Face was kind of content marketing, but also the really interesting idea around how content marketing is really different when you're a visual creative, so a photographer, an artist, and this is something that I'm personally really passionate about because I work with a lot of visual creatives, and I was I don't know if I shared this with you guys in that podcast episode, but they come to me and they're really like, well, I read this thing that I should be giving like expert advice or like how to advise, but they're like, but I just want to share my artwork and like or I just want to share my ideas and they're like but I'm not allowed to do that am I and I'm like no that's what we did that's exactly yeah. what I had mm-hmm. and I, I always send them to Asia I'm, and people it's so funny Asia I don't think I've ever told you this but people always I always have this question to people is which is like you know who are you inspired by online who markets themselves in a way that you can relate to and all photographers always mention you always <gasps> That's always nice. like always like like whether they're a lifestyle photographer or a wedding photographer like I, they must know that like I know who you are like they must have discovered you through the podcast but mm-hmm. people are, but yeah like you guys as visual creatives I feel like number one like you market yourselves in ways that feel so true to your personal brand and number two like I don't know about you guys but like it seems like you're having fun with your content as much as it's strategic if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah like it doesn't feel like you're doing it just to sell things it feels like you're doing it because you love what you do yeah. so again over to you guys like what are your thoughts on marketing yourselves through content as a visual creative hey does this make your um, heart like because just hearing that I'm like oh we have so many awesome things we have so many things to say this okay so I think maybe like Asia and I have talked about this on our podcast so I have like a new tidbit that I'll say like yes I don't really want to share like all of my expert advice on things because I selfishly like I'm gonna say like I selfishly don't want to tell people like every brand of every single thing that I use because I'm like this is something I put a lot of research into and is like very catered to my art practice so it doesn't necessarily make sense for me to tell people like this is how I make my prints this is how I package them this is how I like photograph them like all that process but I think that's like a I think that's like a personal you know choice like I'd rather just share the work and I think it's more beautiful and more visual I will say on the other side of it someone who I see doing this very well who I believe you had on the podcast Jen is uh Caroline of Made Vibrant oh I love her she's incredible she's incredible right so she is so like the opposite of me so she launched her first print collection and she sends these incredibly thorough emails so her most recent one was like this is who printed my prints. This is who printed my shipping material. This is all of my costs. Like she shares in her and Jason, her partner are very transparent. And that's like a huge component of their business. But she's before we, before you move on from this and um, like that, you share us so much that like I think what you share is stuff that people can take and put it in their own personalness you know what I mean so you're like here's what I would encourage you to do and make that your own so it's not like you're not a sharing person like we have the whole podcast you know where we share that kind of stuff so I wouldn't consider you selfish in that way but I think that um you're not look you're not um hoping to attract people who are hoping to start their own watercolor business you know what I mean so those things like aren't necess- necessary for you to put out there you want to find people who appreciate your art and love your art that kind of thing um so I think it's okay that you don't share those things like I'm not out there to like to um attract people to my website who are necessarily photographers so there would be almost no point so even if I wanted to there would be no point for me to put out there like my camera and everything like that and one thing I'm selfish with is locations like if local photographers ask me where I shot I'm like "Mm, I 
I don't know. It was just somewhere. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> so everybody's yeah. Everybody's selfish in, in one way or the other. Completely. And like, um, I will say like I have taught workshops or like I do have this watercolor course footage I've been sitting on and like wanting to release, but it's definitely more of like, I would say like hobbyist kind of content. Yeah. Like people want to come just like experience the workshop for a day or uh, like learn how to paint watercolor, or, like learn some new techniques, but it's not mm -hmm. like here is exactly how I painted this painting step by step. And some mm -hmm. people do that. And I'm like, this is kind of like, did we say this in the last episode with Jen? Like good for you, not for me. It's yeah. just like, yeah. it's just like I want to cultivate my own style and my art and other people such as Caroline, the people she wants to attract might be like, artists she could coach and like give them advice yeah. on of like how to do their printing process so we all have different things I kind of went off topic there but let's talk a little bit more about like what we put out that like yeah, showcases our okay. work I think that's so much of what how we market ourselves has to do with the fact that we're a personal brand and um so that's like huge that we huge. feel like that we feel joy and like we're just like we love putting out what we're putting out because it's a part of us it's not like I'm trying to talk about like capture your memories events you know like if it if I was like if I wasn't a personal brand it would be more difficult for me and it would be less joyous and like pretty positive to put out those things because now anything I put out about myself is for my brand so like me blogging like it, it feels so not counterintuitive but like traditional business person wouldn't be like hey you know what you should do for your business you should write a letter to your high school self and put it on the internet you know like that doesn't sound like something that um, like is for business, but it so is. This I guess this doesn't have to do with being a visual person, but it has to do with being a personal brand. But I have two examples of this. One, I have a high school client who is um, her mom's a single mom. Her dad died when she was four, and her mom called me and was like, "She's so worried about doing these pictures." She because I think she realizes this is like, "Oh my gosh, I'm graduating and I'm leaving my mom, and my mom's gonna be by herself." And the mom starts crying on the phone with me. This never had me before like usually I, I do college students and so their moms are like maybe their moms come to see the pictures but you know their college students probably don't live close to their mom and I was so grateful that I had just written these letters like letters to my high school self on my blog because I could this girl is so nervous about it and her and I could really connect because she's super academic um and like she has like a 4.4 so she's definitely going to go away to college and I remember being I told the mom like you know, I totally understand just like blah, 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 all this stuff. And I was like, I really want her to read my blog because I think she'll feel really comfortable coming to me and I think we'll really be able to connect. So definitely send her there, send her to my Instagram, send her to my Snapchat so that she feels like we're connected because I know she's so worried about this and she almost feels like, oh, we just have to get it done when I don't want it to, I don't, we need to flip that mindset and make it feel like an experience. Um, and it, she was like, thank you so much. And she was so grateful. And then just this morning, that's why I was looking at my phone, I got this email from a college student who's just said, this is short, but she was like, hey, I'm hoping to get set up some times to book a shoot with you. Not just like, hey, what are your prices? She's like, I want to book with you like right away. I read some of your blog and I love the messages you have and all the photos you have taken of numerous girls I know personally and many I don't. I'm so excited to work with you. I know you're really busy, but I'm super flexible because I really want to work with you. And that's because of my blog. It's, it's so, so nice cool. when the first thing you hear is like, I really want you to do this for yeah. me. Like, I really want you to do my logo. And then it's like, what's the next step it's not so much like can you tell me your pricing before I like make this decision yeah. you know like I think a lot of people do that with Jen like you talk about Jen to like Paige or Amy for example and they're like I want to work with her like mm -hmm. let's do it um mm -hmm. as you were talking you were talking about like the connection you had with the, this emotional connection that you were able to yes. like create with your client like I think that's what it comes down to like even though it's visual 
it comes down to more of like uh emotions than mm-hmm. just like the right wording i guess or like the right pieces of content that like our people want to read because um in that same way it's like if someone wants to like buy my art or like have me do a commission for it like it's an emotional connection mm-hmm. i'll also say like um Suze Ford, my friend who's an oil painter, she's an artist in uh, Missouri, but, like, a lot of the people who have hired her for larger paintings or, like, her big pieces, they may have experienced, like, sadness in their life or, like... Interesting! um, Yeah, and maybe they... And they want this piece because her art is so bright and so colorful, like, neon happy. Like, it really brings a lot of joy. And so, like, that shows the emotional connection, too. And if she... I don't like if she were to share like three tips. She does share like oil painting tips sometimes, but if she were to share, you know, things that didn't make sense for like that kind of person, yeah, yeah. like it's almost like in a way, like all you have to do is share the photos because they just have to connect to it. Like you don't mm-hmm. like sh- photos of our work. It's it's not even mm-hmm. like you need to like scheme it out as much. Right, and right. So like I feel like our what we put out is more about ourselves and less about like, like making, I don't know. It's almost like it, it is very freeing. Like ever since I yeah. became a personal brand, I was like, this is easy for me. Like I can just yeah. be who I am and like share my stuff. So it's kind of interesting. I think we already feel like our visual arts and my pictures and pages are, are an extension of ourselves as well. And so the content that we put out just leads directly with that. Like I wouldn't, I want to make sure that because this, I guess, is like more like the content we did put out that's like written or that's not actually our actual work. But I wouldn't put out like a blog post that's super sad and then put pictures of like my super happy people in it. So it, like our our things really match up with our work that we put out there. So we kind of have like two different ways of putting ourselves out there as visual people who are online because we are putting out content, which is words um, or video. But we're also putting out our work, which is visual and it has to like match up. And so that's something that we have to be aware of. Um, but it feels very normal and authentic because we're not, I'm not like taking these pictures of like girls with mascara running down their face and then writing about like how I was so cool in high school. Um, so like being a visual brand is being like very aware of like who you are as a person, make sure, making sure they match up. And I can see how that would, that would be hard for someone who is like, I'm kind of all over the place and haven't really figured out my brand or my business or. Oh my God, wait, this is, this is my life though. Like I had this conversation with someone like, it's so like, this is like, we, I don't know if we've ever talked about like the difficult side of like being a personal brand because we like love it so much, but like, I feel like I'm an enigma sometimes. So my art is like, you know, desert, colorful, like dreamy. Mm -hmm. And like, if I were to show photos of myself that match that, it would be kind of like, you know, flowing hair, like cool style, like artsy. On the other hand, like a lot of days I really love to wear like workout clothes and like listen to trap music and like drink Starbucks. And then like my favorite kind of music is like punk rock and metal. And like, I used to be a lot edgier, but like, there's just so it's, that's the thing that I do think people have trouble with is like filtering themselves. And I've gotten to a point where I really do not care. So like, like, yeah, I have a photo yeah, I have a photo of myself today that I'm going to post, like, holding my art, but I'm, like, wearing workout clothes. And it's just, like, maybe that's a good thing because it's just, like, yeah. I'm this, like, average girl, you know. But yeah. it's, like, I'm not, like, a free people ad, like, living the dream, like, painting in the mountains every single yeah. day. Yes. I'm, like, I'm an, I have a normal life. So I was going to say, 
that like it, I can see how it would be difficult for people because it's even difficult for me sometimes. Okay, you're right. You're right. I guess that makes a lot of sense. I feel like I'm very through and through my brand, but there are times that I want to share things that are that are not on brand point, you know. Um, and I think that it's okay to do that because we are human, um, and that does make us also like more mm, relatable. How about that? Like more relatable because we're real people, and there's a lot of different things, and so we can share different things like that. But still, nonetheless, I don't think that you would produce a work that was sad. I think your work is very consistent in the tone. You know what I mean? And mine yeah. is too. So that's really the, that's That's the common thread I found out. And even that was hard. Like I used to – a lot of my art when I first started was like all old school classic tattoo-inspired art because that was like more of what I was into at the time. And like I think it's obviously okay for our art to evolve – like right. right now I really kind of want to move into more like architectural work. And so like, I think that's okay, but I have really done the effort each day to make more of a consistent style. But there's even mm-hmm. sometimes where I'm like, it would be so sick if I did this like rib cage painting with like all this like stuff. I mean, I'm wearing a t-shirt right now of like a skeleton hand, like making Dude, the metal so hand. That's so yeah. funny. Yeah. So like there's part of me where I'm like, that's so badass. Like I want to do that. But then like, it's not like I stop myself. Like, I can still make that stuff. But it's, like, you really have to be, like, okay, if I only have one opportunity to – think about it that way. Like, if I only have one opportunity to get my work in front of someone's eyes, like, what do I want them to see and yeah. perceive? Totally. So that's pretty interesting. Totally. And that's a good way to, like, filter yourself out, you know? Yeah, yeah. I had to, It's so funny listening to you guys because the struggles that you have, I have too, but in like a writing sense, not in a visual sense. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many things that I would love to write about, but it's like, oh, that's too off brand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and, it, and it's like treading that fine line of like, okay, what is important for me to share that is appropriate? And also like, at what time do I have to have some restraint creatively? Because I'm running a business and that is kind of the difference between being a that is the, probably the thing that separates people who are running a business and the people who are doing it as hobbies because I hate the idea, like, everyone's creative work matters whether it's paying the bills or not. But when it is paying the bills, in lots of ways, you have to kind of um, control yourself a little bit. Do you know what I mean? And there's, like, certain things that you have to kind of um, just figure out how to make space for. But I guess the way I see... I think for me, when I look at visual creatives and when I work at visual creatives, the thing that makes me sad as a jumping-off point is I've worked with so many visual creatives who, from a starting-off point, have stifled their best work and their best expressions of themselves because they've read so much advice that's told them like you have to market yourself in these 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 certain ways whereas I feel like the way you guys are saying it so it's very fluid it's very intuitive and it's very creative is and it's very it's very connected to your personal brand like for for example like I don't even have an Instagram account like if you go on my Instagram account there's no pictures there Mm -hmm. like so for me I don't have as much of that struggle now I know many coaches who do have a visual brand and that's awesome for them it's just like for me I don't have that struggle for me it's more figuring out like oh I want to write about these things but is that inappropriate whereas for visual creatives I think it's the personal brand is so important because your creative art whether you're like a stage or you have a stationary line or you're an artist or you're a photographer or an illustrator or Hamlet or like whatever you are Mm -hmm. it's usually not coming from a strategic place it's coming from a very personal creative place so I think it's so important to make space for that and to stop listening to people or kind of don't compare themselves to b2b brands at least because when you're looking at a b2b who's kind of sharing you know like a webinar and maybe like a five-part email series on something and then you're maybe trying to sell maybe you like do hand lettering for wedding invitations or something and you're trying to box yourself into that whereas all you really have to share is you and like 
your personal yes. brand like I know Asia when we I, and I think you're a fantastic photographer but you've always said to me people don't hire you because you're the best photographer in California people hire you because yeah. they want the Asia experience and like with exactly. Paige like mm-hmm. if I saw your work just like on Instagram account I'd be like okay that's really nice work but by following your story and by following your brand that makes me really want to buy your art because not only do I want to support you as a, like a, an artist but also like to have a piece of art on the wall where I'm like I kind of know her story a little bit and I kind of connect to who she is that makes me really want to buy that freaking art so yeah we talk definitely about or like the same way that like like Asia talks to so many people about you and they're like wow I'm a coach with her like that sounds awesome like it mm-hmm. all like even while you were talking I was thinking of like yes Asia and I's businesses come from a place of passion but like I think yours did too mm-hmm. like it just evolved naturally um some people might just sit one day and be like I need some extra income like yeah. what can I do and like I'm not discrediting that at all that's totally fine but um the way that ours came to be does lend itself to a certain type of content that's a little bit less like planned out and strategic yeah um the art thing is so funny too because I was answering this interview actually for Teresa Delaney who you know and um I'm like sitting on my bed and I can see from where I'm sitting like five pieces of art and some of them are originals and some of them are prints and like I connect such interesting feelings and memories to each one. Yeah. And the ones that I got from, so the four out of the five I was looking at, like I met the person and like connected with them. And like, I think of them when I look at it and it's so fun. Like one of them was like this skateboard that my friend from his company and he gave it to me when I lived in Copenhagen. And one is from Sue's Ford. And um, one was like, even sometimes like two of the ones I was looking at, I really connected with the piece first and then I had the opportunity to meet the artist afterwards, whether that be like 20 minutes or like a week later, but still like, um, I still think you can connect with a work visually, like you said, and be like, Oh, this is beautiful. It's perfect for my space. But like that extra element of like memory of travel or memory of a person is super exciting. Totally. I have so many examples of this three. One, it's like when you, when people put up kids or art that their kids make, you would never buy that at Target, obviously. It's like a scribbled, like, elephant slash unicorn hippo thing. And you're like, I don't even know what this is. But you connect with the kid, and so you really want to put, like, butt artwork up. And so that's, like, a very basic example that, like, everyone can relate to. Two, um, I just got a new office, which is exciting. And I'm decorating it all. Like, I have, like, a couple shelves, and I'm going to do, like, that overstuffed picture gallery thing. And all of the work on there, I want to be made by my friends. So I'm going to have a ton of page poppy art. I have some art from Jamie Hyatt. Um, my friend Mallory although she's not an artist she did buy me a piece of work that says my favorite position is CEO and like so things that are from like all of my people Deanna's gonna make me something just makes me feel like I have them there with me you know and it's just like so much more it's just so much more meaningful so I feel like I'm just like surrounded by love and there's some things right there that I have that you know I got a target that were really cute but they're right now they're just filling it because I don't I was like oh I need to take those down because I just don't have the connection with them and as a photographer like that is 100% like how I make myself stand out is like you're going to love these pictures and you're going to love the memory behind the pictures because like not only is it like the four years of your college or your high school experience that I want to like you to remember right now but I also want you to remember like that was a good time on the shoot and when people come to me they like so a lot of them of course are like oh I loved Rosemary's pictures like I want pictures like that but most of the time it's like Kylie told me she had such a good time with you so like I really Wait, want this is so this funny because you took my college graduation photos and like we did a bunch of them 
in like one location and then we kind of like moved to a different area and it was very last minute and we like sat in this field of wheat and like that's where you took the pictures I ended up liking the most mm-hmm. I mean I liked all of them but like those in particular I was like I really like the way my face looks in this picture and mm-hmm. I really remember that experience of you being like oh let's just like try this and like oh maybe take your shirt off there and it was just kind of fun like we were like being kind of adventurous and we like ended mm-hmm. up in this spot I totally look at the photo and I think of that of that experience Totally. Yeah. And so you I was have to say, oh, go ahead. You have to like have a connection to the visual piece, whether that's like the pictures with the blog post or it's like the, you know, the artist or you have to have an experience with it personally, but that's so important. But what were you going to say? I was going to say for you too, Jen, like you were saying earlier, like sometimes you struggle with this too. And you're like, well, what can I put out? That's like a little bit different, but like still on brand. Like I have like one idea, like not like I'm telling you what to do, but like, from an outside perspective, like, yes, if you, like, wrote a blog post about, like, a meal you made for dinner, I would think that was kind of weird. Or, like, not I, weird. I would probably still read it, but I'd be like, that's different for her. Like, I wonder what her strategy is with this. But mm-hmm. if you were to blog about a recent trip you took to Copenhagen, my favorite place, I'd be mm-hmm. like, this is really interesting because I see that as a successful business owner, she has the ability to take time off and I mean, not even just the success, but like the freedom of a business owner is what I should have said. But like mm-hmm. she can take time off and go on this really fun trip with her boyfriend. Right. And I'm like, wow, like that's really cool. Like maybe I can reach that lifestyle too. So like mm-hmm. I think everyone does have that freedom to go to kind of go down different avenues other than like attracting client content. And I think it's just like giving yourself like so much of the work, like me and Asia probably, it didn't take us that long to do this, but it's taking out all the shoulds that creatives tell themselves. And like a lot of time when Mm -hmm. I'm working with people, it's like taking the shoulds out of people. And I think even in my own journey, like my rule every day is like, every time I say to myself, no, you should be doing this, like question my should. And it's so interesting hearing you guys about how people connect with your work, because as a B2B business owner, it's kind of like, people connect with what you present as your expertise but on on a deeper level like people connect with who you are as a person so whether they do that through your story like I've had so many people who've hired me because they've connected with my story and like my journey to getting here or the more interesting one from my perspective is like so much of my work comes through referrals from awesome people like Asia but so therefore they've built a relationship from seeing they someone they care about have a transformative experience therefore they build it so it's it's kind of the different ways that a your personal brand manifests and be like your work manifests like your work is an extension of your totally. personal brand and then it comes to life in lots yes. of different ways and I think the the secret is like 100% be 100% yourself at all times and number two like be creative experiment have fun with it and give yourself freedom because like the best things out there didn't come from like a really boxed in strategic place like the best Mm-hmm. anything out there comes for I always say to people like write down five brands who you connect with who you would buy from tomorrow and I highly doubt like if you're if you're anything like us the most people on that list will not have sold to you in a very strategic way they will have just shared with you who they are and why their work matters to them yes yeah, so 100% mm-hmm. true um and I think like about Jasmine Starr she just released that she's going to be doing coaching and I'm like what, how do I give you my dollars <laughs> Like, what, how do we make this happen? And that's because she does share her story and a lot of stuff like that, where there's other photographers who are, like, you know, charging $30,000, but I don't know anything about them. And I, like, literally wouldn't give two craps if they came out with a coaching program. I'd be like, I don't even know who you are. So you do yeah. have to, like, connect with somebody to want It's like, no, like, trust, buy. That's the, that's the progression. Yeah. That's why there's a good argument to putting yourself out there, which is also something that Asia and I really encourage. And it's kind of funny – I, like, saw this guy give someone 
advice in the Facebook group and they said, you know, I'm kind of struggling financially. Does anyone have any advice for me? Like, what are like the main things I should do? This guy was very generous with his information and he was like, March, do this. April, do this. July, do this. And by like June, he was like, make it your goal to be on six podcasts a month, which I think is a lofty. Lofty goal. That's a lot of time. And I also think it's really difficult. It's really difficult to pitch yourself to someone who you haven't had a built a relationship with. Yeah. Um, Like, for example, like, Asia and I are, like, getting through our list of having people on the show who, like, are our friends or, like, we've connected with their content really in a great way before it's, like, someone we don't know. And they could be the best guest we ever had, but, like, we just reach for those personal things with. But aside from pitching yourself to a podcast being difficult, Mm. I really do think that, like, getting yourself into those situations where, like, even guest blogging or, like, being on a podcast and just, like, letting people get to know you and, like, who you are Mm -hmm. really makes – really is a cool idea so I know some people like their content strategy is not even to like write anything on their maybe they'll write like one post a week on their own blog but they just want to like outreach and like get in other situations and like I think it's easy because like who wouldn't want just like talk for a couple hours yeah that sounds great Jen if you could do anything visual what would you do I am the least, like, I'm visually challenged is what I would say. Um, I would probably be able to take really beautiful photos or I would love to be able to do, like, hand lettering. That is what I would love to be able to do. Mm, I could totally see you doing hand lettering. I've got, like, I don't know, I always I always think about this, like, oh, maybe I do have, like, something dormant inside of me because my whole family are, like, my brother's a photographer and a musician. Like, my, like, mm-hmm. I, I, it's crazy that I'm, like, this weird one in the family who can't even draw an apple. You're a writer, so, I mean, you have that, but. Yeah, but, yeah, I could, I would, I would love to take photos just so then I could actually use Instagram and not just feel like, nah, I can't do that. I can't take nice photos, <laughs> but. But I like it. Um, You need to order your crocheting knitting kit or whatever. Start using my hands a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, no, me and, me and Asia always are talking about how much I need, A, a hobby, and B, just to like, just to do something with my hands to make my brain switch up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really good. It's my, and that's what I was saying with art. Like, you just, it's like you're, you go into a different headspace. Like, that was why I, um, I was really grateful. My thesis year of school, um, my professor was like one of the only professors who were really encouraging of like hand drawing rather than digital work. And mm-hmm. like he had read all this stuff and he was like, I guarantee if you just do stuff by hand, like more ideas come like while you're working, which is kind of crazy because you're getting like two, you're like multitasking like crazy because you're making something and having new ideas for something. It's kind of weird. So That's I think so you would, I wonder if you would even kind of enter this like mental nirvana and be like, I have a great idea now, you know? Yeah, no, I, I even when, sometimes when I feel really disconnected or sometimes when it feels too much like a business and less like a craft, even though like my craft is like talking to people, like sometimes if it feels too much like a business, I have to get open a notepad and just like write whatever I'd write in Evernote down. So I can human, even like humanize myself as a business owner, because I don't know whether you guys feel like this. Like I love that I can make a creative living on my own terms. I'm not really turned on by being a business owner, if you know what I mean. Like I don't care about, like I don't care about doing my taxes, even though, you know, I've got to do them. I don't really care about like thinking like a business owner, even though like I have to do that. I, so for yeah. me, like humanizing myself as a creative and as a like just reminding myself like you are more than just your brand, you are more than just your strategy or like how much money you make this month. So I and I'm totally with you and like and I just think it's um yeah, I need more of that in my life. Like I think that's where like it's like pure joy really creating something, I think. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um I when I used to do my YouTube videos, I always wrote my script by hand because I felt like it was more of a way for me to like 
I mean, I, I type the way that I speak, but I just really love doing it by hand, and I always do it that way. And it would be, like, pages and pages. I remember my assistant being like, why don't you type these out? I'm like, I don't know. It feels so much more natural to, like, write them out when I'm doing, like, a script of how I'm speaking, you know? Um, and I love that. And also, I was just texting Paige about this yesterday, but one of the Oscars acceptance speech was by the people who did Inside Out. And the guy was like, if you, you know, like, you're in high school and you're doing her, like, for basically for anybody, and you're being bullied or whatever, like, just make something. Like, you know, make a movie, paint something draw something write something and it could like making something makes all the difference and I was like Paige did you see this part because I feel like it's so you and it really does it makes all the difference and you're doing it by writing but I was just curious about your your visual desires and it's so true like you know my I don't know how like like I've shared this story in probably season one but like I started my blog and my creative business on like when I was in the middle of a mental health breakdown and like for Mm -hmm. me like I always tell people like discovering that I was a creative person and giving myself an outlet it saved my life in like such a cliche way like making something and like doing something purposeful with like your gifts whether you can like like it takes it's a journey to take ownership of your gifts but it's like it's happiness and it's like escape and it's freedom and it's joy all in the same place we're getting like really weirdly deep here but I'm I'm a big believer in like yeah just make something even if you like I so I'm already a visual person so is Paige um but I started doing the beanies last winter and just making something in a different way like was so therapeutic for me um so I think just like making anything and now that my hobby of photography has become a business sometimes it feels really refreshing to do something different also why is is why I'm making videos now which feels like visual and like creatively fulfilling in that way um and so it's nice like to be feel free to like make things in other ways as well which is cool like if you started writing like poems or something like that (laughs) would be like a different way of you doing writing which you love um like in a different way and I think it just flexes all these different muscles that makes your like your business craft even more awesome and productive and fulfilling and rounded yeah it's kind of how you keep your business alive by not letting go I don't know if you guys have experienced this but I felt like when I was in that phase of my business of like getting the business off the ground and getting it profitable I felt like I had to put my creativity on the back burner because the and then I got to this point where the business is kind of like it doesn't take care of itself but in lots of ways it does like it's going to work and so I felt like oh my god I totally sacrificed my creativity and now I'm like dying a little bit inside like a exaggeration there but do you know um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I did it when we did because I trained to be a social worker, and we 100% did that. I'm very embarrassed that three years out of my social work degree, I cannot remember what the hierarchy of needs are. Okay, well, I have to Google it every time, so don't feel bad. Um, but it's basically like saying like you have to fulfill these bottom things first before you can get to the top part, and the top part is self actualization, which is like creativity. So I remember at one point when I like felt like I wasn't making any money, or I thought I was gonna have to get a full time job, or like my very first slow season, I was totally freaking out. I couldn't like write at all. I couldn't like. Like, my pictures were very, like, um, uh, formulaic. I wasn't really being very creative in my photos. And it was because I was like, I hope I can pay the bills. Like, I hope I can do this. I hope I can do this. Like, with you starting a business, you're like, I just need to start this business. And then when those things are taken care of, then you can move on and you can be, you feel, you have the freedom. You're not in, like, fight or flight. You have the freedom to do that. So with, I feel like at this point in my, in my photographic journey, I'm very pleased with, like, the progression of my skills. And so now I'm like, oh, cool. Now I'll start making videos because I feel like I've got photography down. But I would never venture into to like people were like have for years have been like you should try video you should try video and I'm like no I don't want to blah 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 blah. even recently I've been saying that mm-hmm. but I realized that like that's because I was putting all of my creative energy into photography and then once that was like okay cool you know I'm always going to be learning for photography but I didn't want to take away from that initially so now I feel like I can do more creative things so it's totally a thing I love talking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs because I feel like it's so 
when people are like, oh, I can't do this because my business is off the ground and I quit my job and this is the only thing I can do. And I'm like, it's so okay that you feel like you can't, you know, do all these other exciting things because you're just getting it off the ground. So it comes I up think a it, lot. It shows too, like, if you can just tell yourself like, okay, I'm in this hustle for three months or six months and just like, you know, hang on to the journey and like you're like that creativity will come mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you can mentally tell yourself that and once again I was like writing this answering these interview questions yesterday and the question was something like what advice would you give to a person who like isn't pursuing their art professionally yet but would like to and I yeah. was like I was like you have to be aware that it's not like painting every day is like not the only thing you can do like you need to split your time like half painting and creating or whatever maybe you're making a product like by hand but you have to spend half your time promoting that too and if that like makes your stomach flip like you could hire that out if you so choose to invest that way yeah but you can't it's like yeah you have to be like if you want to get to a business level you have to put in the business time Mm -hmm. there's like work and there's work to get work So my, like, and I have to, like, my ebb and flow is real, like, or not ebb and flow, but, like, either I'm working or I'm working to get work. And so I'm trying to blend those. But, like, for months, all I'm doing is shooting, and then for months, all I'm doing is blogging. So we talk about this on Space to Face because I feel like for months, I'm a facer, and then for months, I'm a spacer. So trying to make them happen at the same time. But there are times when I'm, like, all I want to do is produce work, produce work, produce work. And then right at, like, right now, I'm going through this time because I'm, like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even put all my pictures up on my website. So now I'm, like, okay, so now I need to do the work to get the work. So you have to kind of, you have to for sure to do both. And if you're just starting out, you have to be splitting that time evenly or you're going to be sitting there for three months just painting and nobody's gonna know so Mm -hmm. it makes a lot of sense and that's a struggle I have completely faced I remember the first time I got like fully booked out with clients and I kind of like was not doing as much outreach and then I realized for like a month I had like hardly any client inquiries and I was like this is going to be my forever struggle now is marketing myself and doing great work with my clients at exactly the same time and I think whether you're an artist or a business owner or like like a b2b business owner or service base it's it's that's that's the thing that makes you a business owner is that like you're not just in charge of your art you're in charge of the business the business Mm -hmm. and that's where the struggle that's where the tension comes and luckily the momentum flows because then those existing clients start doing referrals referrals can take some time to kick in though but like once they start happening then you're like chill your business takes care like you do yeah and I, I think it's very important to stay on your toes, like release something new, like stay creative, but like you're mm-hmm. not going to freak out, you know? Okay. Like I just – like I was actually like going to talk about this today on my Snapchat, but I don't know if I will, but almost I'll just say it here. But like that's what like trusting in the journey is all about. Like so let's say like January was a really good month for me. February I made less than I made in January. It was kind of like a weird month. Like I feel like everyone had a weird like short, you know, two sh- two missing days for some reason throws mm-hmm. us off. But then like I just trust in the process that like I know March is going to be really profitable because of like certain events I'm doing or like clients that have already hired me and those projects are geared yeah. to begin on a certain day in March. So it's like um, – how did I start talking about this? Oh, so it's just about like having faith a little bit mm-hmm. and like yes, yeah. the clients will come totally. or like – and people – you have to think like – okay, yeah, I already got hired for, like, three projects for March, but probably halfway through March, you'll get five more inquiries or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's just, like, take it easy, and then, like, Yeah, and I also think once you go through the cycle of, like, working, working to get work, working, working to get work, you realize the the best, like, bang for your buck as far as time goes – 
like what work gets you the more work and then you're able to like cut out all the other fluffy stuff and then be like this is what actually gets me clients not these other things and then you can do more of that so that when now when you're shifting into your phase where all you're doing is working you still have some like um stockpile stuff up from that time you know like like Paige does with her Instagram posts you know so if she's all she's doing is painting all day she doesn't have time to go take Instagram photos she's already made a ton because she knows that she gets a lot of her work from Instagram and so I'm doing the same thing with blog posts or with whatever so it's it's you you learn so much you have to trust the process and you can't expect to like sit down for three hours and be like, okay, I know exactly how it's going to work. I'm going to set out a marketing calendar. I'm going to do this, this, and this. You have to like, you have to learn as you go for sure. You have to pay attention to what your, your business is teaching you. Like I page, I mean, Asia will know this 100%. Like in January, I had my slowest business month. And I think the entire time I've been running my business and it freaked me the hell out. And I was like freaking out. And then I was talking to Asia about it. And Asia was like, Jen, you're going to be absolutely fine. And then the thing is, I knew January was going to be slow because I'd taken time off. I wasn't marketing. I still freaked out. Like I had no money to pay myself from last year. Then in February, I had the second best month I'd ever had in my business. What did I tell you? And, and like, and Asia knew this because you've been through it before. You have to go through it. And it, but it, it taught me like faith, like faith in your business and trust in your business and trust that like, I think this lesson that I learned was what you've built so far is not going to crumble underneath you. Like if you have built something solid with good word of mouth and you know, you're doing good work, it's not just going to disappear. It's just that the life goes in seasons and no one's hiring a coach in January because it's tax time. Whereas people are buying art at different times of the year. So it's learning to trust the process and like, it's having a little bit of faith and also knowing that like there's a blog post on the braid creative blog which is called like when the hustle meets the woo and it's like having faith in your business while also doing the work it takes to get the work in like I'm I'm blending that and I think it's whether you're an artist or like a coach it's you get exactly and you're so right when I was worried about money I can't create from a pure place because I'm worried I'm creating from a scarcity place instead of just being like this is my message that I want to bring to the world. You start, so yeah, no, it's- You need to worry about foundational things to be able to reach the top of the, the triangle thing. Um, and that's something fascinating time. about entrepreneurship because like that's what really appeals to me is not having an income cap. So if I had to like go to nine to five every day and I'm like, well, I'm going to make 20 bucks an hour and nothing more, nothing less. And like- No matter how the work you do. Yeah, and even if you worked so hard, you get a promotion in a year or two, but it's like, okay. But, like, for me, I'm like, whoa, like, March could be my best month ever. April could be my best month ever. It's just, like, yeah. it's cyclical. It, not cyclical. It just builds. It's, it's so, so interesting. Just like you were saying, Jen, I totally agree where you said that, like, what you build isn't going to crumble underneath you. I think about, like, people have been like, okay, so what would you do if, like, if, like, your business just, like, failed? And I'm like, how, how, would, that, how would that even be possible? Like, that's not even a thing. Like, unless I, like, threw my camera at a child's face <laughs> during a wedding, and then they told the whole planet, and never, no one ever, ever hired me again. But, like, barring some god-awful thing, like, my business isn't going to fail because where it's at right now, it's not failing. Like, that's not a thing. You know what I mean? So, like, what you have built, like, isn't going to crumble if you keep doing the work. So, like, just keep doing the work, and it's going to be great. There's so many people in the world, like, even if you were ousted and, like, what is the word, like, <laughs> excommunicated from San Luis Obispo, like, you could move <laughs> and pick back up. Like, yep. And I will never throw my camera in a child's face ever again. That's the lesson <laughs> that we'll probably have learned from that situation. I don't just, know why I thought that. Just, that just to make a point, good. Asia has never actually thrown a camera in a child's I face. I have never done that. I don't know. <laughs> this has been so fun. I feel like we could talk for hours. Um, 
part four and part five. Can't yeah, wait. if people have enjoyed this and if you haven't listened to the Space to Face episode yet, go over listen to the Space to Face episode, then listen to all the Space to Face episodes ever. You're going to have a really great <laughs> a really great day listening to all them. They're fantastic. But you guys know I have three questions I ask everyone who comes on the show. So number one is, what are you guys hoping to make happen in 2016? Like, what do you want this year to be for you both? Oh my gosh, is this going to be a whole other episode because I'm so excited. I'll try to keep it short. For, for everyone else's sake. Um, I'm so excited about making videos this year. And then I'm really excited about potentially launching an e-course this year. So that's not really in the works yet. But I things happen for me so quickly when me and um, Jen and Paige and my creative community put our minds to it. So um, I definitely think that'll be coming out this year. So I'm really excited about that. Very cool. I'm always just like experimenting with my own work. So like I'm still doing watercolor. I kind of started making these collages recently. So that's fun. Like I'm just making the work that comes my way. So yeah. that's really fun. Like I said, I have that watercolor course. God yeah. knows if I talk about this one more time, someone's going to be like, where the where hell is, is it? This course? I'm, I'm going to announce it. I'm thinking, I'm thinking like the end of April. We'll see. But that'll be fun. And I just want to like keep you know cool opportunities like i'm i'm uh, open to them and i think i've said that before on like a somewhere else but open opportunities it's always a good way to be and then lastly asia will be here in less than 10 days visiting uh scottsdale and we definitely have some schemes and plans for the podcast um to grow our to like connect more with our community so that'll be cool i think we're i think we're really excited about that because I'm sure Jen you know this too like a podcast can be one-sided so you're like giving all this out and people are definitely tweeting at you and telling you that they appreciate it but it's different not to hear like questions or feedback um, mm-hmm. which it was I, why I love that you have the questions open on your website so people can like ask you what they want to hear about but I think it'll yeah. be cool for us to bring in a little bit of our facer element so yes yeah really about that. I'm excited <laughs> and so the second question I ask everyone is anyone listening right now who's working really hard and I feel like we've given like tons of awesome awesome advice today so I'm sorry if I've like bled you both dry on an inspiration but um if you like anyone listening who's working really hard to make big things happen in both like in their creative life full stop whether they're doing it full-time or it's a side hustle or it's just a love um what is your advice to them listening today I would say like put yourself out there in That's all ways. Exactly. Like put your work out there, like tell people what it is that you're doing. Like I have friends who I know what their side hustle is and I don't know what their main jam is because they're so passionate about their side hustle. They're like, Oh yeah, whatever. I do that nine to five. Not important. Anyway, here's what I really love to do. And I think that's so important to tell people what it is that you do build that creative community. Like having a biz bestie is so imperative. And then just really putting yourself, I mean, putting yourself out there is the foundation of all of those things. So that would be number one advice. Yeah, I yeah. like obviously want to say the same thing. If you're like really introverted, like just putting out the content like we've talked about today, and yeah. like I'm sure Jen can give you all sorts of advice about that. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, like just getting people like aware. Like I yeah. feel like if someone like sees your name, if someone started following you and they see your name, like make sure they know like who you are and what you do. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Just like, just be vocal about it. Like, I love when I see people write things like available for hire, like in their Instagram bio, or like, please contact me for commissions, or like, let's shoot. And they put their email, like, show people that you are like ready, open for business, and like, you want to work with them. I think that's, that's like basic advice, but I don't see a ton of people doing that. And it's like, well, how do I? Instagram bio right now. Continue. Yeah. So, yeah. There's that. 
that's I'm gonna do something I've never done before and I'm gonna answer this question on like a jumping off point from your two questions like if someone asked me right now in this moment what my advice would be well I'm asking myself what my advice would be for anyone listening who wants to make big things happen I feel like be brave like be brave and don't hold on so tightly to the outcome like you can't predict what's going to happen but if you put in if you're if you're brave and you're bold incredible things could happen and if if you're not brave and bold incredible things can't happen because you're not making space for it so like you said like because putting yourself out there in itself is a really brave and scary thing to do so yeah thank you guys for sharing that and the last question is so I'm going to have all your links in the show notes, but anyone who's listening right now and they're like, oh my God, I love these two girls. I need to go and check them out on the internet. Why can people find you? <laughs> uh, we love Snapchat. So you guys can totally find us on Snapchat. Both of them are just our names, Asia Gross and Paige Poppy. Um, and then we podcast at Space to Face. You guys can check it out at space2face.com. Um, you can listen to all the episodes there and you can subscribe via iTunes. Both and then of my our websites, websites too are also yeah. just our names. So mm-hmm. asiagrossin.com, pagepoppy.com, very straightforward. Um, Instagram though is page poppy for me and Asia Cross in photography for you. Like mm-hmm. while you're asking us these questions about like the ending questions, it just hit me that we're like on make it happen. I'm like, whoa, like we got asked the questions. That's so well, funny. Sorry. Is there anything else? So I think that's like, I mean, start with our websites. I even have a podcast tab on my website. If you want to just click that from go from yeah. there, but oh. space to face. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for making time to do this today. It's been so fun. No, thank you. This is awesome. I will speak to you soon. Bye. Thank you. And there we have it. Episode number six of season two of the Make It Happen podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. And as always, you can dig into all of the show notes over at makeithappenpodcast.com. I would love to hear your thoughts on today's episode. You can head over and say hi over on Twitter where you can find me at Jen underscore Carrington. And I would love to connect with you there. Look out for brand new episodes on Mondays and Thursdays and until next time I hope you enjoyed this one and that you have a great day ahead.